Ay, pues de que... Hello, everyone. My name is Jesus and this is Gymnastics, the podcast where I pretend that I'm an expert on figure skating and gymnastics, but I'm just another fan like you guys. How are you doing today? I hope amazing. Right now, I'm feeling ashamed because when I started with this project and everything, I was like, I'm gonna be consistent with the release dates. I'm going to post every Sunday and I'm not gonna have flaws with my posting times and this is episode number three and I'm almost a week late recording this shit but um, I have an excuse and it's a good one and it's called high school like I had so many homework to do on the weekend And because of that, I didn't have the time to watch properly the NHK Trophy, which was about to be my topic of this week. So, and I just ended up like watching uh, a few ladies, Yuma Kagiyama, and that was all. So, yep, it's not enough to do a topic of the week fully. So, this episode, it's gonna be a little bit different from what I planned before. We're gonna talk about three topics. Two of pure skating and one of gymnastics. Uh, I'm going to start talking about the NHK trophy because that was the original plan. Then, I'm gonna talk about uh, the release of an interview of Maggie Haney talking about her experience with her controversy about like abuse gymnast and all of that stuff. And um, third of all, I'm gonna talk about this controversy in the figure skating world, talking about uh, the change of the age limit because of a rule proposed by the Norway Skating Federation uh, about the importance of changing the, um, the age limit to compete at senior level, and I'm going to give my humble, well, not that humble, opinion about those topics, and also, oh yeah, I forgot about this, um, well, Like half of Russian athletes has COVID now, which is um, you know, I think I'm gonna start with that. So let let's get into it. Oh yeah, before I start, <laughs> right a reminder that uh, I know probably you're not uh, a fierce skating fan, but you're a gymnastics fan or vice versa. So if that's the case, as always, I'll let the timestamps on the description box below so you can check and if you don't like a topic, you can skip it. Like, that easy. You don't have to be like putting on random parts to see if I'm speaking about the other topic. No, you can just check the description. So, right now, let's get into it. Okay, so let's suppose that I'm putting a transition here like and let's start. Okay, so are we surprised by the fact that so many of the Russian skaters are having COVID now? Like, I mean, I know maybe it's because their noses are way too big that makes them unable to put the mask properly and they put it under the, the nose. But still, 
like okay after not following the proper recommendations on a pandemic after not using the mask properly after behuging their athletes after their performances and after doing a banquet for the closing of the Rostelican Cup knowing that Anna Sherbakova was there and she was diagnosed with pneumonia which can be confused with COVID and after all of that they still doing a banquet without all of the athletes without the proper recommendations of social distancing are we really surprised that now Dmitry Aliyev and Elisaveta Dutkamisheva has COVID plus the fact that we have Victoria Sinitsina and Nikita Katsalapov ill and with fever and Zagorski and Guerrero withdrawing from stage 5 because Jonathan has apparently cold but he's test negative where Yevgenia Medvedeva also test negative on the first two analyses and on the third one she tests positive like are we really surprised about that we shouldn't, but we should be concerned. Because now that Elisabetta Dutkamisheva has COVID, it's probably that also Mikhail Koliada, Sofia Samudorova, Anastasia Gulyakova has COVID too. And who is their coach? Alexei Michin. Who is 79 years old. And also her wife, Tatiana Mishina, is 66. And especially talking about Alexei Mishin, he has problems with smoking. So he's on the range of being on the vulnerable people that if they contract COVID, they are most likely to have complications by it. So I'm really concerned about that. Also, if, like, I mean, all of us are seeing this pattern that basically, like, <laughs> all the people who is getting COVID um, were at the banquet of the Rostelicum. So if one of them was ill with COVID back then, but without symptoms, because we know uh, in order for you to start like with the symptoms of the COVID, uh, you can expend like two weeks like by being ill, but without present any any proof that you have COVID. But like there are two weeks, and like uh, Rostelicum was about like two weeks ago. So if it's the case that someone was will was ill with COVID back then. Um, like most of them can be ill. Like, for example, Maurice Kitelavishli were on the banquet, and also at the gala, Maurice were uh, together with Alina Sakitova and Camila Valieva, who trains on Sambo 17. 
Sambo 17 is probably the biggest the biggest skating school in Russia. So, so many athletes can contract COVID too. And also on the TV show that Alina works, that like, Alice Jagodin, like, I don't care about him, but still, like, it's concerning. And yeah, this is a huge mess. And it's really concerning. I hope we're wrong. I hope they contract COVID uh, on a different place that it were in the Euros Telecom. Because if it's that, who are we gonna watch at the Nationals? Just saying. <laughs> so, yep. COVID is not a joke. Take social distancing, use your mask properly. Don't be like Russian people. Be like Japanese. And speaking about Japanese, let's talk about the NHK trophy. Okay, so I'm gonna start with the men because I only watch Yomaka Yama, who was the winner. And it's not that I saw him only because uh, he won. I was rooting for him. But okay, the thing is that uh, he won. <laughs> it, it was really good. Uh, on the short program, he popped the axle. He only did a single instead of a triple. So he received zero points because of that. And even though... He won the short program, so I don't want to imagine how the other went. Like, inconsistency is such a thing, and it's, well, not concerning, but it's a problem. And, I mean, it's not bad to... I mean, we are... We all have days up, you know, so... It's, it's understandable. On the free skate... He almost went clean, except because he popped uh, one of his combo. He, I guess, he intended to do a triple lots triple loop, but he only did triple lots single loop. But still, the rest was amazing. His spins are so great. He has amazing speed. His quads are amazing. I love his quad suck because it's kind of delay on the rotation and I love that. It's just magnificent to watch. Delay jumps are the best in this world. Like, I... You can't arc about that. So, basically, is that. And I'm here just 10. Um, I don't know. Did he compete before with the uh, Lutz Loop? Because if I remember, he didn't. But it's nice that he's trying new things. If it's the case, obviously. I'm not the... I, I just had him like last year at the Youth Olympics. And I can remember if he looped out of the Lutz. But, you know, that's the thing. Um, Talking about his programs, his short program is a little bit... Weird, but in a good way. I always love programs with this kind of weird music, like quirky and and rhythmic and that stuff. So I really like his short. His free is also amazing. I think I like his free a little bit more than the short. And like on the free skate, he received um, more than a hundred points. I think like a hundred five on technical elements, which is amazing. Like, this is basically his senior debut after 
the four continents that were last year so it's really nice and I have great expectation for him like he's gonna still improve like the quad sock is completely new this season and it looks so solid so I hope he continues on on this path so nice for him Okay, now on the latest field, the first place was Kaori Sakamoto, which I love. I was rooting for her as well to win. And I'm so excited that she won because she had the free skate of her life. Okay, so, well, I want to talk about her free skate like so much, but I'm going to start with a shirt that is Bash a la Jazz. Or something like that and I love that it's just amazing it's such a baroque program is so classy I love that and it fits, fits her really well I, I really like it so basically on the shirt she changed her layout then she was doing like the last two seasons because yeah on her senior debut she backlogged everything so yeah the last two seasons she did the layout and now she changed it apparently it was a recommendation from Richard Benoit who is uh, her choreographer and well I have mixed feelings about this new layout she changed her, her original layout was um Double axel, then triple toe, tri no, triple flip, triple toe, I'm sorry. And on the second half, triple loop, but now she changed it to double axel, then triple lats instead of loop, a single jump. And on the second half, she backloaded her combo, doing a triple flip, triple toe. The, the combination thing is amazing because, okay, first of all, she's receiving more points because the the same percent bonus for the second half which i i really like and also that combination was so musicality uh it has great great compassion with compassion what is that what am i doing i am inventing things uh it was really connect with the music that that uh, combination because she is jumping and landing at the time of the music, which is always amazing. The timing on the jumps is always something I root for, and that was the case. So I really love that. And also, she's getting more points, so it's like two at the price of one. But the loot, I'm a little bit... Because, okay, she flutters. So it's not a lie, we all know that. I think... I mean, the only skater, the only female skaters who has like uh, perfect loots right now. If I if I remember correctly, if I'm not forgetting about someone, are Elizabeth Tutkamisheva and Rika Kihira. So well, you know. And the thing is that she replaces a loop that is my favorite jump on the latest field. Talking about like hairs. Because her loop is amazing. Like, it's so beautiful. The rotation is perfect. The entry is perfect. I just love her loop. Her loop is the goal in this life. It's like, it represents everything that is fine on this world. So, it's a shame that she changed it. And, well, she wasn't caught by the edge. So, I saw so many people complaining about that. But I'm like, why though? 
because most of the people is people who like apparently turn some blind when it when it's a matter of talking about the floods of a Russian skater. So I'm like, mm, you know, like most of the gymnast of the gymnasts, whatever. Uh, you know, I'm doing the live right now. I'm so confused. Uh, most of the skaters right now uh, changes the edge. Uh, on the lot they flood or at least like um what it was the world oh my gosh i'm not worried my brain is not working oh, okay they have flat edge or inside edge so it's like mm, you know and i blame the isu for that because if they um, I mean, it's not a it's not a fall of Gowry because, I mean, if her if her flats is not being called, so why should she remove it? Like you know, like if she is getting more points than the ones she is getting penalized by doing that, and obviously the base value of the lots is bigger than on the loop. That, so obviously she's gonna attempt it because like it's not gonna be called. But at the same time, if the judges were calling out the flatses, like she obviously should put the loop instead of the loots. So I blame the judges once again. But anyway, her short program is amazing. I love the choreo. Uh, it fits her really well. And her free scale was a highlight of all the Grand Prix series because she got the highest um, free skate score on this season's uh, Grand Prix. So, and she deserves it because it was on fire. All of her jumps were amazing. Her spins are well, were amazing. Oh yeah, and pointing out that she broke back the one-handed build-up position on both of her programs that she did just that. I think it was Fantasy and Ice earlier this season. So it's really amazing that she is bringing back that because it's such a nice variation. It's always nice when a skater is working also on her spins, not only on the jumps, because even though the spins doesn't give you like as many points as the jumps does, um, still it's a nice detail when a skater pays attention to every detail of their skating like that makes them like the full package and I'm totally here for it I I really could say that Kaori is the full package I think her only flaw is both consistency and um, her flats but apart from that is like queen and she looks like this isn't is like gonna be like so consistent as she was back in uh 2018-2019 season uh as a poor worlds but i'm not gonna talk about because last season were a mess for her but uh she gave an interview after the nhk saying that uh, i think the most the bigger difference uh, between last season and this one is that she worked so much on her stamina during the pandemic. So, and it and it reflects in in the jumps and the overall performance. And I'm totally here for it. She was amazing. I showed the program to both my best friend and my mother. My best friend, like, 
I, t I told him like, oh, this is like inspired on the Matrix. And he was like, yeah, I can totally see that. Especially when she started like the, um, the choreo sequence that she like arches her back. My best friends were like, ooh, I got the reference. And I was like, which one? I haven't seen the Matrix. Okay, so maybe I should. Should I? I don't know. Well, the thing is that, and yeah, and he made such a nice comment. Oh, well, apart from that, uh, the fact that he was so impressed, he made a comment that he was so accurate. Um, he said that, okay, she's not just portraying the Matrix, she's on the Matrix itself, because it's just, like, amazing, she looks so fast, so centered, so precise, so she, like, she goes as the, as the speed of the Matrix, and I was like, totally, and my mother, like, I think the moment she enjoyed the most was the curry sequence, especially on the spiral after the spread eagles, because, like, Queen, uh, like, I think most of the skating community went, went crazy when they saw that, because she was so close to the judges, well, she wasn't that close, but it looks like she's so close that she can cut off their heads off, so... I'm like, yep, totally, and it's really impressive, and my mom was like, she has guts to do that, and I'm like, totally, I stand you, mother, and I stand her totally, but yeah, like, I'm so glad that Kauri won, I'm so glad that she's putting consistency, I'm so glad that she basically um, made her best score ever on the free skate, and I'm so happy for her, like, totally. Okay, now, on second place, we had Wakaba Higuchi. On this short program, she attempted the triple axel, she fell, but the other jumps were good, except for the Chandi flip, because she does leap. Uh, the, on the contrary, of Kari that flatses, she leaps. So, it's like, you know, I don't know if her leap were caught. I need to check the protocols, but I'm too lazy to do it right now, so... Okay, that's the thing. Uh, but yeah, the short program is amazing, I love that. I loved the program last season and I'm loving it now even more. The costume, personal choice, I like a little bit more. The last season one, but it's still, that one is amazing. And she looks so committed to the performance, even more than last season, which is impressive, because last season she already looks so committed to the performance. So I'm totally here for it. I love her short. Except that, well, without following the triple axel, as her camel spin is like literally after her land, the triple axel, uh, she loses the timing, and basically, I think she did less rotations than she was supposed to, getting a level 3, and, well, also the judges were a little bit harsh with the levels on the short program. I mean, they give, uh, they give Kaori like level 3 in, I think, 3 of the 4 elements that receives, uh, levels which is like why though but anyway i'm not here to complain well yes i'm here to complain but not that much the thing is that her free skate uh was really good it wasn't clean because she popped both the um, <clears throat> this halco and the loop but she landed the triple axel it was marked quarter um I'm here to complain about that mark because it was a little bit ridiculous because to me it looks rotated. 
but I'm not a judge. I'm just pretending. But still, like, I don't think she should have received the quarter mark. But anyway, it was good. I love her Poeta en el Mar program. It's just amazing. It's so relaxed. And then it starts to grow as the music does. And by the time of the choreo sequence that she's just doing flamenco and ole and all of these things, I'm like, yes, I love flamencos. I think flamencos and tangos are my favorite rhythms to dance. So I'm like, yes, sell the shit out of that program. And she did, even with the mistakes she did. And that costume is just gorgeous. I didn't like her costume last season, but this season's one is like chef kiss on whoever that did that that costume because it's just brilliant and it's perfect for a flamenco. And yeah, I love her. I love her jumps. Her jumps are so solid when she hits them. Because she has like this kind of Midoritos vibe that she's so fierce when she's gonna land that. Her jumps are so powerful that she's just gonna blend them. And yeah, she's like the power and Kaori's like the control, you know, because Kaori has this kind of natural uh, condition to land her jumps that she just stands the edge like so long and she has an amazing ice coverage and also Wakaba has an amazing ice coverage but I think the strength on Wakaba's jumps are hate speed and Kaori is more for the length I don't know because for example Kaori's double axle is like so like borderline on the rotation like it's just rotate for a little bit but she has like an amazing distance throughout the jump so it's like you know like carries the length while Wakaba is the the hate in the spit and I totally love that I love them both I can't wait to nationals to see them like Selling the shit out of the programs. I think Wakaba is gonna be like totally prepared for for nationals. And also, I'm curious to see if uh, Satoko Miyahara and Rika Kihira go to Japanese nationals because it'll be just amazing. And on third place, we had Rino Matsuike, who was like the surprise of the event. Because it was totally, it was like the old regime for Skate America and the Guliakova from Skate, from Rastelican Cup, which I totally love because I love surprises and she was totally a surprise and I'm here for it. Uh, she was amazing. She was a breath of fresh air and I love her programs. She's so light on her skates. She's so expressive and she was so happy when she ends. I totally love like, technically, she made on the rotate, she made leap, but it's still, like, on a, a point of view of a fan that is not had into the, um, the rules and that stuff is, like, so, so light. It just makes you relax, it makes you chill while you're, while you're watching it, and it's just beautiful. I love that. And I'm totally here for it. 
And now I'm here to complain about the components of this competition because we're trash, like totally. If at the Rastelican Cup we could say that the components score were higher than the ozone layer, here are way down than Atlantis, like that's it. I just like, I mean, just look at Marine Honda's components. Like, she received seven on components. Like, what the heck? She should be on the high nines. And it's just like, it makes no sense because she's such a component skater. Like, she should be component itself. And no, you're just like, no, 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 no. You're on the sevens. And it's like, you're gonna tell me. That Alexandra Trusova has higher components than Marine Honza? What has happened to the world? Like, I mean, no shame on Trusova. She's amazing. She's improving. But Honda deserves better. So, hashtag, pray for Marine Honza. And I don't want to collapse here, like, complaining about that because it just makes no sense. Because she deserves better. She's amazing. Like, if a skater should receive 10 on components, it should be her. Like, that's it. That's how I interpret her components' score and this robbery of PCS. Greetings. Okay, so now that I got my frustration out, it's time to talk about another frustration I have, but now related to the gymnastics community. And it's about... Maggie Haney, aka Buttocks Bitch, giving an interview talking about her point of view of her band of the USAG Federation and she being unable to coach USA Gymnast for eight years. I'm going to talk about that. And yes, I say Buttocks Bitch at my first episode. I tried to be more light, like say witch instead of bitch because I didn't want to be that rude with her, but now like I just can't. I just have to say the her bitch because she's a bitch. Like there's no other word to call her. So what it happened was that she released an interview talking about what she has been through after she was banned from the USAG Federation and that stuff. And what is that interview? Bullshit. It's just bullshit. And I just can't with her. Like, she's so annoying. Like, this meme of Nicki Minaj saying like, I never found you funny funny and that stuff. Like, that, that's me. With with Maggie Haney, it's like I never found you funny. I never found you entertaining. I never found you smart. I just found you annoying. And like annoying is like it's short to what I found her because she's trash. She's trash, and there's no other word. Like you know what? On this interview, she reminds me so much. I don't know if in the non-third world countries this happened, but here have like YouTubers who um, make scandals like every single time and then uh, do videos telling the truth. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I just remember, yes, that exists in the, <laughs> the non-third world countries. Like, 
You know? Maggie Haney is a tati on this world called Beauty Gurus on YouTube. Like, at that point, like, it, this is a parallel universe when Maggie Haney is Daddy Westbrook releasing a video of breaking my silence to talk about everything and just victimize herself when she was part of the problem. She was a problem itself. Yeah, she's Teddy Westbrook. Like, she's totally Teddy Westbrook. Okay? So, basically, what she did was the same as Teddy. Like, she was starting to speak and then could start another shot with tears in her eyes. And like, it's just that. I just did everything for my gymnast. I just want them to be perfect and to be happy with the results because perfection means happiness. I just were trying to protect them about everything. I protect them about Larry Nassar. I give them results. So I deserve better. And I just speaking because what happened to me can happen to every other of my fellow coaches. And I just don't want that because they're just manipulate things. They just speak like if they were repercussions on us, but we're the victims. We're being treated so bad because the things they're manipulating. <laughs> I just can't and cry me a river. Like, que te crea tu mamá. I hope your mother believes you because I clearly done. You bitch, like, you know, it's, it's stupid, and it's such a problem to the victims, because the victims wait so many times to speak openly about this, because they have fear to tell the truth about the abuse of their coach, they were abused, they were harassed, they were belittling, They were training under injuries because of her, and she was aware of that. And what she's doing, she's victimizing herself. She thinks that if she starts to cry, we're gonna feel a little bit connected with her situation. And we start to say like, well, yeah, it should be horrible for her to be like... Uh, passing through this because it was the thing that she loves and okay well maybe she loves coaching but how did she coach her coaching methods were about harass gymnast scream to the gymnast like bullying gymnast belittling gymnast make them train on their injuries even though she knew that they were injured but she just told them like remove the cast because you need to be ready at the point that Riley McCusker had rhabdomyolysis because the overtraining and she knew about that and still she was forcing her to train I won't feel any kind of sympathy for a person who ruined so many lives of young athletes. Like, I'm just one. This is gymnastics, not 
musical thrill when you need to start crying and you make people feel like what are you feeling this, this is not the phantom of the opera and wishing you were somehow here again this is not Hamilton unborn or on I don't know like uh, it's quiet of town like you know what I mean this is not Heather's on kindergarten, kindergarten boyfriend or or lifeboat this is not the Riven Hansen on... Um, what was the song? Wait. <laughs> I forgot that I love the momentum. Uh, this is not the Riven Hansen on You Will Be Found. Like, this is not being more chill on Michael in the bathroom. This is gymnastics. This is a sport where you need to treat your athletes on the right way if you want to see both results and happy athletes because you can have results if your athletes it's being harassed if it's being injured by your methods that's no moral like it's it's a stupid and we shouldn't normalize athletes coaches to do this because then the athletes were hard to think that the problem are them and when they finally speak out loud about that, she comes here and she starts to saying that she wasn't the problem. She was the solution to those little girls' careers. And imagine if you are a victim of a coaching abuse and you hear your abusator talking about this and saying that she was right, you were wrong. How are you going to feel? Like, just how? And apart from that, there were mothers, like, that were, were standing on Maggie to talk, and they were defending her, and it's just stupid. For so many fucking reasons. It's just stupid. Because, yeah, maybe your daughter wasn't as abused as others, but the fact that one gymnast wasn't abused doesn't mean that the others ones wasn't. Other was weather, sorry. So, I'm just like, girl. And if you're one of those persons who are, like, defending the pilot speech, yet, I'm just gonna tell you. Maybe she's affected by all of this situation. Like, obviously, she loses her job for eight years. But, she is only one person affected by this. How many gymnasts did she abuse? It's obviously that they are more than just one. So, who was the victim and who was the problem? Just think about that. Okay, so good morning. It's another day. Today is the day where i supposed to be posing this. Today is Friday. And I just woke up and saw that... Aliana Castorneya has COVID and she withdrew from stage 5 that starts tomorrow. Am I surprised? No? Am I curious about who else has COVID apparently? Yes. Do I hope that so many people get it? No. Like, I'm, I'm hoping not. 
still it's uh, that's not good like again I'm just asking myself who are we going to sad nationals like I just I just that's it okay so before I end up this podcast the last topic I need to talk about is this proposal that the Norway Skating Federation did to the ISU about raising the ladies age limit to compete at senior level to 70 years so let's let's talk about that shall we well basically um yeah they propose that like it's it's all the proposal that they should raise the the minimal age to compete at seniors uh changing from 15 years old that is the currently one to 17 years old and there are so many mixed feelings about this like some people think it's right some people think it's wrong some people think it's hypocritical and i like okay i have mixed feelings about that actually so well, i'm gonna explain my opinion uh that again it's everything but humble and let's see what let's see what happened so well before we talk about why is this good why is this bad we need to know why are they doing this proposal and it's basically because well the argument of this proposal is that if the skaters start to compete like at 70 years of age 77 sorry at 17 years of age uh they will have longer careers than the ones that are they're having now because basically now like for example Alina Sagitova retires at 17 years old so well she's not retired officially but the most probable thing is that she's pulling out as Sotnikova I hope not but okay that that's the thing basically so yeah, the thing is that if they raise the age limit, that will obligate the athletes to preserve, preserve their bodies until they're 17 to be able to compete on seniors. Because like, I don't find so much the point of have a competitive career if you're just gonna have be stuck at juniors. So well, I get that. But I have this that if they do that we have two different options okay so the first one is that well maybe that will succeed and that will make the coaches uh, ditch techniques to the athletes who they can maintain until they're like 17 so they are gonna have longer careers because I mean I can get the point like, for example, if I think of a longevity career, I think about, like, Juna Maro and Carol. That of those three, the one who has, like, the shortest career was Juna Kim, because that was, but that was because uh, a back injury that made her unable to, to jump a triple loop and that stuff, but still, she was maintaining a really good level. That even without the triple loop, she was able to win in gold in so many occasions. 
um, the one with a longer career was Carolina Kostner, but she also has perfect technique on all of her jumps, so it's not like, you know, it's not like it's a big problem with her because she had perfect technique. Juna Kim also have almost a perfect technique except because she leap, but then by the time of uh, 2009, 2010, that were like best years of her career apparently, uh, she managed to change her leap to an inside edge uh, flip, so like she's it with that. And of the three of them, Mawasada was the one with the worst technique, apparently. But again, uh, um, 2011-2012, she worked so hard to correct technique on every jump. She started to learn from the basis of the jumps, which made her a little bit better with them. Plus, like, I think, like... Her biggest problem wasn't like pre-rotation or that stuff, like it was mostly the edges because she had uh, flats that she was trying constantly to fix um, and it wasn't until her last competition, Japanese Nationals 2017, then she was able to do an outside edge lats. So it was like a span of 10 years trying to improve and she turned senior then she managed to correct the loot. But well, I'm going to talk about like her motivation to correct this uh, later. Later in this topic. So well, basically we can see a pattern here. That is basically the, the right technique is like the key to the longevity. But still, uh, well, yes, that's it. Like, it didn't matter the HD Star campaign because at the end of the day, like, they start to compete on senior level of 15 years old and doing triple triples. So it's not like, yeah, the sport has evolved a lot. But they were like the precursors uh, of this evolving, you know? So, like, it's really need, uh, like, do we really need to rise the age limit? But, well, the thing is that, like, they, they had a longevity career, but based on the proper technique. So, like, if they choose to rise the age limit to 70 years of age, like, maybe this would motivate the coaches to ditch their athletes' proper technique, not a, like, a technique that will maintain quad jumps. But at the end of the day, like, after they hit puberty, their body changes completely and they just not able to to maintain that level because you know like on pure skating like the height and the shape of the body are so important the weight basically are really important because if you grow a few centimeters if you go up a few kilograms like your jumps suffered 
a lot. Like for example, on the NHK like last week, we saw Jungju, who grown a lot, and she was in the rotating like things that she didn't on the rotate last season. So like just it's just need to have that towel in your mind. But a good coach, what makes is that it start implementing new things to make able their athletes like still succeed even if, even though if they grow taller, if they gain a little bit of weight, and that's it. But it's basically because of the proper technique. If you have a proper technique, it's most likely that you're going to to basically have a technique that you're gonna be able to correct your jumps if your body changes especially on puberty I I think the, the nightmare of those young athletes is puberty because like they grow taller they, their body starts to change and the alignment of the things start to change so they need to change and well, basically, coaches right now are just like, they teach improper technique that is based mostly on the use of the arms and the back to rotate. And when they hear puberty, uh, like, they need more things to rotate <laughs> because they are taller, they, they have more weight. And basically what happened is that they need more force to rotate and with using the bag so much to do that the bag gets severely injured like you know like this is the reason why so many of the athletes have uh, back problems this and the spins too but mostly because if they have improper technique based on the on the bag like that's what happens so maybe knowing that the athletes need to be ready to start competing on senior level when they are 17, like maybe this will motivate the coaches to start teaching proper technique or at least the coaches that are not doing, not implementing proper technique won't be that famous because they will stop uh, producing results. And yeah, it's mostly that. But the second option is that the coaches don't do that, do, do nothing about that. And basically they still doing the same thing that they're doing. But now like the athletes have to, to wait until 17 to compete. And by the time they're 17, they won't be ready. So we're just going to have a few athletes who are able to maintain their level until they're 17. And basically, like, we won't have that many athletes to compete on senior level. Everything will be on the juniors and maybe the ISU will realize again that it wasn't that a good idea <laughs> to put that out. So basically, like... It's a controversy, like, at least if they do that in, in Russian coaches, like, do nothing about that, Russia is going to be down again. So, that's that's my theory, okay? Come on, uh, like, let me know if you think the same, but that's my theory. So, I really don't think 
we're watching the things from the right angle on this situation. What will be the, the right decision to me? Fairness on, on scores. Like, that's everything. Like, because, you know, like... Yeah, maybe you're waiting that, that the fact that you need to be older to compete in senior will motivate the people to get longer and use proper technique, but that's not it, like, you know, like, there are, there are cases when you're still being successful without having proper technique, like, for example, you have Ganyamedbiriba, like, she has a horrible technique, but back in her golden times and then she's still competing well now she's like severely injured and that stuff but she's still going for it that's what i mean and well basically like i think the the elephant in the room here is that the judges are not calling things out like for example with the example i gave before with mawasara she was constantly trying to improve on her jumps because the judges were calling the things that were wrong. They were, they were always calling her under-rotation, her edge on the lutes that it, it was a totally inside edge. So she was constantly working on correct her technique. So like 10 years after her senior debut, she was able to put out a real lats, not a flats. But it was only one competition that took her 10 years to correct, but she was working on it because she cared about producing results. And that's it. So I think if the judges uh, will call things like right, we will see more longevity in this sport. Because again, if I think on longevity, right now I'm thinking about Juna, Mao, and Kara. And they were on an age of the sport when the technique was called like mostly correctly. Yeah, a little bit biased, but not as much as we're seeing it today, you know. So we need fair scoring. Like for example, earlier this episode. I mentioned that it's not a fault of Kaori Sakamoto that she's doing a lot on her short program even when she floods this because like she's receiving like if she didn't flood that's fault of the judges so we need the judges to start scoring fairly in order to have athletes and coaches who cares about having proper technique because it doesn't matter if you floods, if it's not gonna be called, because if it's not gonna be called, you will still receiving like the right amount, like high scores, and like the athletes are and coaches are going to be like, it's not being called, it's good, I'm receiving positive GOE, I should put it like, why shouldn't I? So we need a point with the judges to start calling out things. Assages, pre-arrestation, under-arrestation, full-blade assistant in order to give like this red flag to the adult that you're doing something wrong, work for change it. And we are gonna start to 
crazy proper technique instead of the difficult jumps like you know that that's my thought it's this is part of the judges not on the not on the athletes maybe a little bit on the coaches but at the end of the day like the system this current system is corrupt like because yeah we're supporting proper technique but we are like supporting also like quad jumps and that stuff so it's like you know a little bit hypocritical and yeah it's mostly that like as Oksana Bayun say when she did like all those posts like shaming on Camila Valieva who like a little bit harsh to shame on a 14 years old uh, teenager but still like uh, she she has a point like ISU is not caring about the health of these athletes like they won't pay enough money to th their hip replacements because like they are just supporting improper technique then by the time they're they turn 17 like mm, they can handle it or for example like Yeah, yeah, this is a Bayova. Like, yeah, she learned a quad home at the age of 17, but last season she was, like, disappeared from the world of figure skating because she, she, she wasn't able to walk because of her back. So, yeah, I think it's not that about raising the age limit, it's about figure scoring. Because at the end of the day, age is just a number, But the first scoring should be a factorial to have results. So well guys, basically that's it for today. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope I would be that that busy <laughs> next week so I can be consistent with my releasing date. I'm not gonna promise, but I'm gonna try, okay? So Yeah, basically that, again, I'm glad you can be here, if you like it, like, let me know, if you want things that I can talk about on the podcast, let me know, again, my Instagram is in the description box, and yeah, I hope you can join me next episode, I won't say next week, because mm, next episode she'll be released on Sunday, so, so close to each other, but I don't care, like... Anyway, <laughs> I hope you have an amazing day. I hope you have an amazing life. That's it for today and bye.